1: Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM 312 255 8408. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of the cathedral and co-host Mark Teresi, Executive Director, and also you can get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. What a beautiful morning. It is we're talking about seventy-five today and sunny. Driving in, it was just
2: glorious. And long not long a lot of traffic, I don't know if this is one of those off days for people, or now are you on lakeshore Drive, Lakeshore Drive from the north side, you know all the way down to holy Name, and beautiful. I loved driving through Lincoln Park and the lake on the other side, and it's just what a what a
1: privilege to live in this beautiful city. What's amazing is how quickly the time is flying. We celebrated Pentecost last Sunday last weekend. It feels like it was just Ash Wednesday. Holy Week, Easter. Now we're already talking June
2: 9th. And it's not going to slow down. It, it, no. you know, Holy Name is a different kind of parish. It's parish, and it's also the Archdiocesan seat. And we, we never slow down. Yeah.
1: I always and, tell people that with the Archdiocese, it's three-pronged. It's a home to thousands of visitors, especially pre-COVID, but they're starting to come back. Right. We are the seat of the Archdiocese. And the thing that surprised me when I arrived six years ago, we are a very strong, dynamic faith community, strong parish, with many hundreds of people who are very active in their cathedral and say, this is my parish. And I tell people, you are the church, together we are the body of Christ.
2: Right. And while we have a minute, with the activities going on in the Holy Name, October 15th, we dedicate a beautiful, beautiful statue of Mother Frances Cabrini uh, donated by a wonderfully generous uh, donor, uh, designed by the gentleman that designed the Michael Jordan and all the Cubs, uh, all of those. Um, He's world famous. He, he is world Lucella, and uh, so our listeners, please mark down your calendar. October fifteenth, which at is noon, a Saturday at noon. Noon mass and then the dedication. Now we'll also in the courtyard. I, now the statue is about what six feet? Six plus, and then it's on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is world renowned. It'll be outside, so people at any day can come through and visit, which I'm thrilled about. And there'll also be uh, some donor opportunities, like we'll have a, we'll have
1: a brick garden, et cetera. You know, so it's, it's amazing, just and we're going to blink. It'll be mid October. You got it. And I tell people, enjoy each day. And this summer, create wonderful new memories with family, friends, loved ones, because we'll blink. Mark, we're going to blink. It's three and a half weeks away to July 4th, and we're going to blink. It'll be Labor Day.
2: Come by Oak Street Beach any day, and you can see Father Greg swimming <laughs> in the lake. <laughs> walking, walking across the water. <laughs>
1: I think we have on the phone, unfortunately, hello? hello, Dr. Edward Gordon. Yeah, I
0: can barely hear
1: you. You can barely hear me? Yes. Okay. It, uh, we've been in a little trouble trying to get Dr. Edward Gordon on as a guest Author, writer, choreographer, director, uh, many, many books and articles, and a truly a phenomenal historian. Uh, Dr. Edward Gordon, how are you doing this morning, Edward?
0: Well, uh, if the computers would work right, we could have a picture, and I'm sorry, I cannot... Uh get this to work today for some reason
1: but we have your voice all, all right. right and i'm sure how is elaine doing
0: fine fine we're yeah, fine I know we have a lot too. of news to talk about today
1: absolutely two topics regarding
0: both covid and uh ukraine i'm going to throw you both a curve now because some new material just came out about the pope Pius the 12th in world war ii yeah, I saw that. uh once again alleging that he did not protect the jews uh, this is hot news. It just came out this morning, and I, as you both well know, I uh, have spent a great deal of time and effort on the Pius XII controversy, and i like to talk about that later in this broadcast.
3: Well,
1: let's do this then, Edward. Let's begin with COVID, move to the uh, uh, Pius XII twelfth and then talk about the Ukrainian conflict. So what I think, Mark, Mark is a great opening for you regarding the COVID situation.
2: Yeah, and well, wait, wait. In preparation yeah. for this, I thought, well, let's go to the most timely uh, news, and that's today's Tribune, Section 1, nothing about COVID. Section 2, there's a small little article about cruise ships not uh, keeping to protocol. That was it. So it's over, right?
0: The New York Times. There's a major article today about uh, the continued revised vaccines uh, 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 against Omicron, um, and uh, there is other news that I really would like to talk about. Ahead, let's jump right uh, in because the the Omicron variants uh, are right now. We already know that the world has passed 15 million. COVID deaths worldwide, all right?
1: Let me get that, Edward, you're saying 15 million worldwide.
0: The the positivity test rate is now 14% across the United States on these variants. Now, fewer people have been hospitalized uh, across the country. There are still about 29,000 people hospitalized and 3,000 people in ICUs right now. Um, here in Chicago, the positivity rate for the week is 6%. Okay. Uh, in the state, it's at 9%, 9.4%. The numbers of people getting sick uh, has increased and the major uh, issue that we need to really think about and talk about is that we have new variants that are appearing very rapidly. And uh, they are not, th- these are subvariants; they're not really Omicron. And the question is, will these variants outpace the ability of the modified vaccines mm-hmm. to be effective? And that's, you know, that's the main issue. And the, the other issue is that, can we expect more evolving of viruses and how are we going to deal with that?
1: Uh, Edward, I have a question that is, you, you said the positivity rate in Chicago is 6%, statewide, 9.4%. Why the variance? Why yeah, the difference? could
2: you explain that? Explain. Uh,
0: all I can say is, from what the the data shows, uh, we seem to be doing a better job. And nationally, uh, it's even higher than that. It's uh, higher than that. You
1: said fourteen na- yeah. na- percent
3: nationwide. So uh,
0: we're doing a better job here. People are being more cautious here than they are in a, a, a statewide. Um, because remember now, the primary the primary audience of people who get really sick are older people, people over 65, all right? Now, right now, around 70% of people in the United States are vaccinated. Okay. However, less than half are boosted. It is very important for people over 65 to be fully vaccinated and fully boosted. If they do that, and they get omicron it could be very mild and i and I'm sure both of you and I have talked to people that are in that age group that have uh, been vaccinated and boosted, and they tested positive for omicron okay I've, I just talked mm-hmm. to someone the other day about this so but most of them do not get very sick or end up in the hospital
1: now edward they- i can I can name five or six or seven people that i know right now yes. older and younger who have covid right but they're mildly sick except the That's one thing that I gets me said. they're mildly yeah, sick but, but now, they're not in a hospital but you know, what scares me is when people say it's it's only mild i don't even want to get covid mildly because i know two people right now who suffer from long-term effects right. brain fog yeah and, and explain to people brain fog
0: well, the the what we know about what we know about this uh, right now in terms of brain fog and how it affects the brain uh, is that there are a number of areas that seem to affect the uh, the gray matter of the brain tissue, and there's tissue damage in regions in effect the primary cortex that deals with sense of smell, uh, taste, memory, Uh, and, well, based on the the studies Mm -hmm. we know right now, we still really don't know why some people get brain fog and other people
1: don't. Yeah, in fact, I was talking to one lady that I know well. She says, you know, Greg, I can be talking and midstream, I stop." Because I forget my next train of thought. Correct. And it's like she said it's scary because I'm dealing with a woman, we're talking with her, very, very intelligent, very bright. And she can be talking and midstream come to a halt for about 10 seconds. Right. And then pick it up again and kind of forget where she was. And that scares me because this brain fog, now thank God it's not a lot of people but that's a side effect for some people. It is.
0: Now, let me also mention this, though, to your audience. As you get older, in the central core, uh, there's a neural net that actually connects different parts of your brain. And those neural nets tend to weaken as you get older. The way to prevent that is to uh be uh more involved cognitively but once you retire and you don't actively use your memory and problem solving skills many of those neural nets weaken it would appear that covid adds to that i do a lot of public speaking guys i think both of you know that oh yes a lot and that's right. And sometimes people will ask me a question about a matter, and I will give them some background information about what they want. And then I'm leading up to the the final answer, and I forget the question.
3: Now you're going to say, oh my God, you have COVID. No,
0: the the answer is... Uh, my neural net has weakened, and then someone, someone will remind me the answer of of the question, and I'll give the answer. <laughs> so does this happen to both of you? Upon occasion, it's going to. If, ha- if it hasn't happened already, it will happen to you,
2: yeah, all our, right? Our, kids, our you will pointed the out. question
0: or the objective. You'll be off on a tangent.
2: We're, we're going to take a little break, and um, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312. 2558408 or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. when we come back and I'm going to ask you as we looked at all this information and the churches are filling up a bit I want to get your take on how do we need to proceed in terms of our worship we'll I be will, back okay we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned.
4: on the tranquil grounds of the University of St. Mary the Lake, where you can pray, reflect, and learn from the rich treasures of the Bible. An invitation for all to experience the annual Summer Scripture Conference, June 19th to 24th, might just be for you. Notable scripture scholars from across the United States will present this year's program, focusing on interpreting scripture in the church. The five presenters will share on a variety of topics, including Interpreting Scripture and the Vatican II Documents, different Christian denominations and how they differ in perspectives on Scripture, the Bible and politics in America today, what Scripture says about children, how to use Scripture in prayer, and interpreting Scripture for the life and mission of the church. For registration and conference package information, visit our website at www.usml.edu slash or call 847-837-4575. This year's conference will be both in-person and virtual.
5: We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit, from servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supplied bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the archdiocese but is very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com
6: Catholic Charities is establishing a forum for dialogue and debate about complex issues in our world involving social values, faith, social justice, and the mission of charity. We are convening professionals who influence corporate, philanthropic, and government decision making to foster greater awareness about the needs of our region and the power of faith in serving. Join us for the first gathering of the St. Martin de Porres Society on Wednesday, June 22nd at the Newberry Library, 60 West Walton Street in Chicago. St. Martin de Porres was a Peruvian lay brother of the Dominican order who is noted for his work on behalf of the poor. At this inaugural event, Bishop Robert Lombardo and Sally Blount, Catholic Charities President and Chief Executive Officer, will lead a discussion on poverty and the Catholic response. For more information on attending this special event, call 312-948-6797 or email us at partners at Charities.net.
2: We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can see this on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago, and I just had one of those moments, I started chatting and I didn't pull my microphone back. Put your teeth on. back in. <laughs> anyway, And <laughs> so, we're with we're, we're uh, could
0: I Could I interrupt you for just a second? <laughs> I'm now, I think, connected to you visually, so if uh, you're... Folks want to try again, you should get a picture.
1: Maybe uh, Michael and, uh,
2: and Javi. Yeah, they're work working on, that. on it. They're working on it. So, okay. So uh, I saw you Sunday. Thank you so much for helping out at our Pentecost outdoor celebration. Everybody seemed very comfortable yeah. um, in an outdoor setting. Yes. Yeah. Move indoor into church with all of what you've explained to us in our prior segment. Talk to our listeners about. How How do you see it in terms of gathering inside with a lot of people?
0: Right now, masks are not required indoors. Mm -hmm. However, the CDC recommends for people who are at greater risk that they wear a mask. The reason for that is that the hospitals are not yet stressed with a tremendous number of people coming in the door, sick from COVID. My recommendation for people over the age of 65 is that indoors, in large gatherings, you wear a mask. Uh, It will give you another added uh, layer of protection against COVID. Uh, That would be my best recommendation for everyone.
2: Because you said 70% are vaccinated, but you don't know if you're sitting around the other 30%? Well, correct. Folks. That's yeah. the problem. Now, yeah.
1: along along those lines, Edward, uh, do you see an uptick in COVID cases as we move into colder weather in the fall?
0: Uh, unfortunately, that's quite possible. Uh, we probably can expect another booster in the fall. Oh, wow. And they're trying to combine that with the flu shot. Oh. All right. Now, as these variants occur the drug companies do human testing in terms of uh, the, the impact of their trial vaccine on humans. They first test it on laboratory animals and then they move it to human testing. It takes longer to develop those vaccines as a result. The question will be if these variants occur with increasing frequency, which could very well happen, Will, uh, they, and they don't have time to do a human trial test. Will the testing of these vaccines on laboratory animals be sufficient mm-hmm. for people to trust the vaccines? Uh, I would think that people who are in the highest risk groups would probably take those vaccines uh, to give themselves more protection. Okay. Uh, will this happen? It could happen. And I think we need to be prepared so that when this is announced, uh, this is not a, like a lightning bolt out of the blue.
2: Okay. Are you doing any traveling? Uh,
0: at the moment, I am not. Okay. Uh, I am considering uh, doing some traveling in the future. And in all honesty, uh, what I'm going to be looking at is. These issues that we are just talking about mm-hmm. right now. I
1: do, I do know the fact that uh, a number of my friends have been traveling in the last couple of months. They've said, "Greg, eighty to ninety percent of people on the plane do not wear a mask." Right. They do not. Right. And right. Let's do this. Let's let's switch gears here because we have a lot to cover today, uh, Edward. And, yes. and Let's switch gears to uh, a topic that you have done incredible amount of research, and to uh, tee it up regarding Pius the twelfth. I did not see the article in the paper today. Mark, can you explain what it was? No, it was a new book. Oh, yeah. a new book. Right, wow. correct. What's the book title, by the way? Do you know, Edward?
0: Uh, the The author is David Kurtzer, and uh, it, it is a new book on uh, the Pope at War, which was published this week in the United States. Yeah. And the book basically says that the Vatican worked hardest to save Jews who had converted to Catholicism or were the children of Catholic-Jewish marriages in World War II, and they basically neglected the rest. Mm. Uh, Let me give you a context to this. Hitler and the anti-Semitism that he and the Nazis preach was based on a crack-brained idea of Aryan pure blood. What they maintained was that only certain groups in Northern Europe had that pure blood. And if you didn't, uh, you would taint uh, the, uh, the Aryans who were physically, mentally Socially, intellectually superior to all of the races on Earth. Okay. Now, when this started, there were Jews who converted to Catholicism, at least on paper, Mm -hmm. in order to avoid wearing the yellow star, which he forced all the Jews in Europe to do eventually, or to be deported to Eastern Europe and killed in these death camps. I can tell you now that the Nazis did not in general respect this. They threw that out. They said that was artificial. These people are Jews, their blood is still tainted. Therefore, we're going to destroy them. Now, maybe in certain instances that was that was not done. And in fact, I know how some of the Nazis, the higher rank Nazis, protected Jews in Germany who were of technical importance hmm. to the uh, the war production of germany and they d- they protected them and they survived the war now who were those
1: people by the way who were the jewish people that survived because they were important to uh the regime um what category
0: they were all over the map oh, okay uh, the second in command of the la Fafa, uh, uh of the of the german air force uh uh, he came to Göring and said, "After Kristallnacht, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm going to have to leave." And Göring said, "I'll tell. I will decide who's a Jew." The doctor who saved Hitler's mother's life, Hitler saved his life and helped him to leave Europe.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, those are two of the more remarkable ones.
3: Alright? There, uh, there
0: are. There are instances, famous instances, of individuals uh, who were converted to Catholicism and destroyed. The most famous, and I I don't, because I just got this information this morning, so I'm sorry I couldn't look this up. There's a famous Catholic nun in the Netherlands who uh, had converted to Catholicism and was in a Catholic religious order. She was taken away and killed. Wow. All right. Now, the point I want to make regarding this is that it is true that they attempted to fake documents for Jews to show they were baptized, even if they weren't, to try to deceive the Nazis. This went on all over Europe. However, the Pope, Pius XII, sent his two-month seniors... One, who would be pious. Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Pope Paul VI. The other was John XXIII. Pope Paul was sent as a Monsignor in the Secretary of State to Western Europe to travel around Western Europe, and uh, John XXIII was uh, was sent to Eastern Europe. They traveled around to Jewish orphanages, schools, hospitals, monasteries, convents, and attempted to persuade the superiors of those institutions to take in Jews, Hmm. whether they were baptized or not. And that occurred all over Western and Eastern Europe. 900,000 Jews were saved from death because of the Pope and the cooperation the Catholic institutions gave. Now, the fact that this historian followed, you know, that said, well, they tried to convert these Jews and and baptize them, etc., that doesn't surprise me. But to say that the Church concentrated mainly just on these people and not other Jews who didn't have any interest in converting or didn't try to fake a baptismal certificate to save themselves. That I'm I absolutely
2: reject that. Now let's continue this it's fascinating. Just fascinating, but we have to take a little we have take a little break. WNDZ seven fifty AM Catholic Chicago three one two two five five eight four zero eight or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll continue our fascinating conversation, Doctor Edward gordon and this is amazing amazing information and it's it's a mixed it's a mixed bag oh yeah definitely yeah we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned
7: Ready for a fabulous day of golf for a great cause as Catholic Charities 2022 Golf Invitational tees off at the beautiful Olympia Fields Country Club on Monday, June 27th. Gather your friends, family members, and work colleagues for a day that is sure to be a highlight of your summer. Enjoyable contests and surprises are planned throughout the day to make this one extraordinary golf outing. Proceeds from this event will benefit Catholic Charities programs and services in Cook County. Fantastic sponsorships are still available for an invitational that is one of the most popular summer golf events in Chicago. Don't miss the 2022 Catholic Charities Golf Invitational on June 27. For more information, go to catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697.
6: People always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives. We're molding lives.
4: Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach,
7: apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities offers a wide variety of volunteer opportunities to those who want to share their time and help us serve people in need. Whether it's stocking the shelves of our food pantries, helping refugees learn the English language, tutoring school-aged children, becoming a mentor to young adults, sorting clothes in our clothing rooms, serving hot meals to those who are facing homelessness, or delivering meals and making cards to lift the spirits of our homebound seniors, we are deeply grateful to all those who want to join in our mission of mercy. Volunteer opportunities are updated weekly for people of all ages at ccofchicagovolunteer.com or just call us at 312-655-7053. That's 312-655-7053. Thank you for helping us follow Jesus' call to serve our neighbors in need.
2: We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Chicago. We're with Dr. Edward Gordon, a historian, author, researcher, very faithful parishioner at Holy Name. And Does just a wonderful, great guy. Right. Father Greg, you have a
1: question. Yeah, Edward, I need to ask this question. Based on what you just said before the break, the author of this new book, makes the conclusion that Pope Pius XII was helping Jews convert to Catholicism are the ones who got saved, and you're saying that's wrong. My question to you is, how does he come to that conclusion when you're saying, and it could be— That's not the whole picture. Yeah, so the thing is, you know, how do you come to your conclusion when he comes to that conclusion?
0: There is no history. So he, they've now opened the papers of Pius XII in the Vatican, in the archives, all right? He has been going through those papers. There are a lot of papers. Pardon me. He has concentrated on certain documents that he interprets, justifies his conclusions. This is his interpretation of those documents. There are many other documents in there as well. Now, I have not been to the Vatican archives. I've had to rely upon the publication of uh, ambassadors to the Vatican uh, and other materials that have been published prior to this. However, You have to realize there is another issue, and that is, it is right now very fashionable to attack the Church. Mm -hmm. And Pius XII, originally, all of this started because of the Soviet Union commissioning a play called The Deputy, to be written by a communist East German to portrayed Pius XII as pro-German, pro-Nazi, and anti-Semitic.
1: And this was written that, when? That,
0: that, that play was very popular in Berlin and spread all over the world, and really tarred Pius as uh, Hitler's Pope. And then a book came out, Hitler's Pope. Uh, that book and the author Which is more recent, has basically uh, now uh, said that he was wrong in that book, Mm. that the information he used, his interpretation was wrong. This type of information um, that is being portrayed right now is going to sell a lot of books, it's sensational. And, and it will make a lot of money. The defense of Pius is not fashionable. Pius was a conservative Catholic pope, and uh, many people are willing to believe this of him. So my answer to your question is, you have to look at all of the information, not just select certain documents to prove your point. Mm-hmm. If I thought that Pius XII, if, if my conclusion as a professional and historian was that Pius XII traded with the Nazis in order to protect himself and the Vatican, I would tell you so.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Pius wrote a letter when the Germans surrounded the Vatican with troops in 1943 that if they took him away, that they would, he would no longer be a pope, he would just be a priest, and they should elect a new pope. This article says that Pius was afraid that if Hitler won the war, he would shut down all the Catholic churches of Europe. And alternatively, if the Russians won, they'd do the same. And that's true. Hmm. Hitler was afraid of the Catholic Church and there were many Germans who were Catholics. But he threatened to close all of those churches and monasteries and convents if the church came out and denounced the anti-Semitism of the the Nazis in Europe.
2: Now, Cardinal Mundelein was a bit controversial, too, Uh, uh, during the war. He called uh, Hitler... He's just an Austrian paper hanger. Right, right. And
0: And Pius XI had a major encyclical. He had denounced the Nazis. He had a major encyclical coming out right before his death in 1939. Remember now, Pius XII was elected right before the war began, right before September 1st, 1939. Uh, Pius XI died, and... uh, Pius XII was
2: made um, the Pope. Okay. All right. Now we're going to take a little, we have to take one more break, uh, and then we'll continue this fascinating conversation. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can go to youtube.com slash catholicchicago. We'll be back in a few minutes with Dr. Edward Gordon. Please stay tuned.
6: is establishing a forum for dialogue and debate about complex issues in our world, involving social values, faith, social justice, and the mission of charity. We are convening professionals who influence corporate, philanthropic, and government decision-making to foster greater awareness about the needs of our region and the power of faith in serving. Join us for the first gathering of the St. Martin de Porres Society on Wednesday, June 22nd at the Newberry Library, 60 West Walton Street in Chicago. St. Martin de Porres was a Peruvian lay brother of the Dominican Order who is noted for his work on behalf of the poor. At this inaugural event, Bishop Robert Lombardo and Sally Blount, Catholic Charities President and Chief Executive Officer, will lead a discussion on poverty and the Catholic response. For more information on attending this special event, call 312-948-6797 or email us at partners at catholiccharities.net.
4: I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us
7: through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the
4: education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope, too. And it it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959.
7: Get ready for a fabulous day of golf for a great cause as Catholic Charities 2022 Golf Invitational tees off at the beautiful Olympia Fields Country Club on Monday, June 27th. Gather your friends, family members, and work colleagues for a day that is sure to be a highlight of your summer. Enjoyable contests and surprises are planned throughout the day to make this one extraordinary golf outing. Proceeds from this event will benefit Catholic Charities programs and services in Cook County. Fantastic sponsorships are still available for an invitational that is one of the most popular summer golf events in Chicago. Don't miss the 2022 Catholic Charities Golf Invitational on June 27. For more information, go to catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697.
2: WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago 312 255 8408 or you can go to YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Our YouTube listener, our YouTube viewers, will notice Father Greg's chair is empty. He had a special appointment with the Cardinal that he had to keep, so he had to leave a little bit early. Uh, But Dr. Edward Gordon is with us. Uh, One last question about Pius, and I'd like to move on to your thoughts about. What's going on with the war in Ukraine? But so, and and, am I correct in remembering that, in some in some accounts, Pius uh, the Twelfth actually uh, harbored folks, uh, harbored Jews within the Vatican City, or is that am I inaccurate in that remembrance? He
0: uh, he harbored uh, Jews and also prisoners of war who escaped from Italian prison camps inside the Vatican.
2: So that's a huge now, statement. That's a huge right, statement. And and when the
0: the uh, in 1943 Mussolini's government Mussolini was voted out of office and the Italian government surrendered to the Allies. The Germans then occupied Italy. Mm-hmm. Now at that point we had invaded Italy uh, in the south, and were gradually moving up the Italian peninsula, all right? So the war was going on. That's when the Germans surrounded the Vatican with troops, and then they uh, began deporting Jews to death
2: camps in in Rome. And here's here's what we don't understand in this country. Uh, We have friends uh, in Italy, a little town, Badia. We visited them. She took us up into the hills and showed us the cave where their family hid during World War II. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't we don't understand that. that no. There's no concept. Yes. And, and maybe, why don't we move? To, I mean, as we look at Ukraine, I want your take on this. Uh, I, I just, the day before the Russians started attacking, there were, you know, they did the news shows and everybody looked like everything was fine. Okay. I mean, it seemed like people didn't think it was going to happen.
0: Right. I didn't.
2: You didn't? No. No?
0: No. I remember Father Greg asked me, not on this program, but mm-hmm. privately, he asked me if I thought Putin would do it. And I said, no, I did not think so, because he had too much to lose.
2: And why don't you expand on that? So,
0: Well, first of all, the Russian economy has not been in good shape for a long time. And uh, Putin's... Gra- grasp on power uh, because of the weakening in the economy, uh, there was a, a increasing chance that he would be replaced by someone else, oh. by the oligarchs who control the military and the police. The idea that Putin is all-powerful and controls everything in uh, Russia, I think, is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that there are others, the oligarchs, who made themselves rich by gaining control over uh, Russian uh, industry and food production when the Soviet Union fell. That's another story, which we won't go into right Mm now. They are the ones that helped to create Putin and support him. I think uh, many, many people who are dictators use the threat of war to divert the attention of people away from the economic difficulties that are going on. Xi in China is doing the same thing, rattling uh, our cage over uh, Taiwan. Uh, uh, Kim in uh, North Korea, again, the same thing. Those economies are not in good shape. China, for many years, was growing exponentially, and that now has slowed down, and I could. Uh, it, it is a complex issue. We could talk about that another time. I'd be have to mm-hmm. go into a lot of detail on China. But what I think happened uh, with Ukraine uh, is that he sincerely thought that when he invade, if he invaded, that Ukraine would collapse quickly. Right. And one of the reasons for that is that after the Second World War the communists, the Soviet Union, murdered many, many Ukrainians, many who had fought in the German army to free Ukraine from the Soviet Union. Of course, they were, try- they were uh, basically dealing, uh, trying to get rid of one devil by adopting another, mm-hmm. by supporting Hitler, because they weren't going to get any freedom from Adolf Hitler. But they did, because they hated the Soviets so much. So after the war, many Russians were imported into Ukraine. That's that section now where he is trying to uh, he's concentrating Russian military forces to try to gain control of those areas in the eastern part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But he thought, uh, because the Ukrainian government, he thought was weak, they had just elected a new president, who is more of an entertainer than a politician. That the whole thing would
2: fall apart. Well, but, it didn't happen. Well, did let's it? let's talk about the, the president of Ukraine because was supposed to collapse. He he's he, talk about his leadership, but also he has he's savvy with the media too. Well, right?
0: that. An important thing. Mm-hmm. I remember when Ronald Reagan was elected president of the United States, and many people thought, of course, he had been governor of California, mm-hmm. as you will remember. Mm-hmm. But many people thought that he was the jellybean president, and that he would do a miserable job. Uh, well, uh, I'm not giving, uh, I'm not uh, proclaiming Ronald Reagan a saint. He certainly made mistakes when he was president. But because he was a great communicator and other actions that he took, he helped to bring about the demise of the Soviet Union mm-hmm. much faster. In fact, no one ever predicted it would collapse the way it did. Right. Um, and this man, obviously, uh, first of all, he's Jewish. Um, mm. it, it's fascinating that Putin uh, accused him of being a Nazi, <laughs> which mm-hmm. was really a complete joke. Uh, but uh, he, because he is a, a good communicator, he's been able to bring the, the disparate elements of Ukrainian society together to really oppose the Russians in this invasion. And secondly, he has been highly articulate with the West to gain support of um, the West to help arm better arm, the Ukrainian army itself.
2: Yeah, He learned very quickly how to maneuver on the world stage. I'm sorry? He learned very quickly, quickly how to
0: maneuver, that's, uh, uh, on that's the wor- correct.
2: On the world stage. And I think
0: that's because of his background uh, in communication. And he obviously is a, a very intelligent person.
2: And many, many of the stories that I'm hearing, probably because we're church people, are how the church is intervening and really providing comfort and solace and homes and food to many of the Ukrainians that have been displaced. That's right. There's a actually Sister Patsy Crowley, who's a Benedictine. She's here in Chicago. We were chatting, at an event, and her Benedictine sisters in the Ukraine are housing fifty to seventy folks in their convent. There's a lot of those smaller, wonderful stories going on. Where do you think it's going, Ed?
0: Well, I think the strategy that we have been using thus far to better arm the uh, Ukrainian military seems to be working. Mm -hmm. And I think the war is stalemating. And actually, if, if this becomes a war of attrition, meaning who's going to run out of military supplies, sooner, Mm -hmm. uh, the Ukrainians are going to win, because the Russians now are seriously stretched in terms of the logistics to support this war. There seems to be increasing economic and uh, popular disdain, economic weakness in Russia, and disdain by more people regarding this war. So, uh, I think that if we continue on this path, we have a very good chance of the Russians ultimately having to uh, leave.
2: As a historian, if you do you think the folks in Russia, because you hear many stories about them being dissatisfied, the economy is crumbling, it's really impacting them more than... I think Putin probably realized. But do you think with the fear that they have of a dictator that, that they would have enough impact to, to end this thing? No. no. I
0: think that the oligarchs who control the economy and the military, are, if, if they see that their losses are tremendous, they will move Putin out and put someone else in as president. They have to do it in a way for them to save face, right? Uh, but I think that ultimately that may happen. The sad part is all of the people in Ukraine who have fled the country, millions of people have fled to other countries or have been displaced from their homes and are still in the Ukraine but elsewhere. And of course, how many Ukrainians have died? Thousands of people have died because of this russian aggression which was totally unwarranted nato does not want to invade russia the united states has no interest in russia the idea that russia is surrounded and uh, you know that they have to protect themselves uh, this is a historic argument that other russians have used to justify invasion in the past and Putin has dusted it off uh, again. No. NATO is not a threat to Russia. So I think in the long term, uh, U- Ukraine can be sustained if we continue to support
2: their cause. Now, and I want to shift gears just for the few minutes we have left just to get your— I, you're, you're in our neighborhood, you're in holy name. I'm going to another meeting of businesses, schools, churches— today about the violence in our neighborhood. Yes. Where do you see, why do you see this happening? And I mean, that's a huge question. We have a whole, could have a show. for.
0: You could, and and we should. Maybe the next time I come on, we'll talk about this. Yeah. Because it is tied in to the fact that there are, you know, if you don't have a job, a good job that can support you and your family, you become desperate. And there are more and more Americans, not just minority, but also middle-class Americans in many different ethnic groups and backgrounds, who now are unemployed. They're no longer counted in the official unemployment because they've given up looking. And they're angry. And when you're young and poorly educated and angry, what do you do? Many join gangs, get guns. And they do stupid things.
2: Now, do you feel safe in the neighborhood? Uh,
0: yes, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go out late at night all by myself somewhere.
2: See, and we're finding that out at, at Holy Name that the evening meetings people are shying away from. So we're actually we're doing the live but also the Zoom right, meetings. Right, exactly. Now, in our, in our, in our last um, a few minutes, uh, are, are you totally back? to Holy Name? You, do you feel like, not back where you were, but just, the, uh, we we're hoping Sunday's Pentecost celebration was a revitalization um, for people. Welcome back. Here's well, the energy. Well, as what
0: you a- know, I have been uh, a parishioner of Holy Name now for 39 years, and have been a lector, Eucharistic mm-hmm. minister, and a minister of care for the parish. And uh, I, one of the reasons I volunteered on Sunday is I wanted to encourage more people who know me uh, to also volunteer oh, and course, not to yeah. be afraid.
3: Mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so I think with, more safe, with proper safeguards, depending on how old you are mm-hmm. and the state of your health, I'm healthy, but I'm over 65.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you can participate in these. But, not, but I must caution all, everyone to understand this. What we're going through is the greatest socioeconomic disruption since World War II. It's all over the world. Mm -hmm. This is not a political problem. It's not a military problem, an economic issue. It's a major health disaster, and it is continuing. Hopefully, medical science can protect us. Yes. But we have to continue to pay attention to what is going on. This is not a conspiracy.
2: Right. Very wise words. You know, Ed. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap it up. I can't thank you enough, Dr. Edward Gordon, historian, author, lecturer, friend, at Holy Name, friend of Father Greg and me. Um, tremendous, tremendous resource, not only for us uh, in the city but for the church. And uh, thank, thank you for you. being. Thank you for those kind words. Thank, thank you, you for being with us. Thanks to Michael May, Javi Garcia. Uh, we're Catholic Chicago. Thank you for Father Greg, um, WNDZ 7:50 am. Thanks to our listeners, thanks to those on YouTube. Have a wonderful blessed day. Enjoy this beautiful weather and uh, we'll see you soon. God bless.